This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. Hi, I'm Scott King, and this is Chris Kraus, and we'd like to talk to you today about familiarity. And what do we mean by that? From a technology standpoint, the technology that we use in our everyday lives, we have smartphones, we have IoT devices, we have things that we use at the home. That's much different than what we use at work. So what we want to talk about is how do you make it more of the same, right? If the kids can use the iPhones and the iPads and they don't have any issues, and we have issues at work using enterprise technology. How do we bridge that gap? So, so Chris, you know, I kind of explained what we talk about more of the same. What does more of the same mean to you? So I think more of the same is literally how do we take the ability to interact with software that we do in our daily lives, stuff that's easy to work with. People are used to talking to, say, voice commands like Alexa or Siri. People are used to having rich user experiences when they're trying to interact with software, because we've companies have focused on that, making them much easier. But when we get to the back office, it's much harder. Like nothing is done via text or nothing's done via conversations and understanding things back and forth. So how do we bring all the user experience that we've focused on and consumers into the enterprise? And no one under 30 ever says, I don't understand how to use this. They pick up WhatsApp, they pick up SMS messaging, they interact with com- chatbots and all that. And it's there's no fear of understanding and how to use something. So how do we bring that into the enterprise? Yeah, you, you said something interesting that, uh, that everyone understands text or a conversation, right? As long as you understand the language, you can have a conversation with most anyone about anything. But you always look for that familiar context, right? People ask you about the weather, about the family, you know, where you're from, you're trying to find a common ground. So we need to like, like, do you think we need to find that type of analogy with enterprise software? Oh, I think so. And and you probably do it today, Scott, when your dad calls and says, how do I do this on my phone? Or how do I do this with reprogramming the time on the oven, things like that. And you look at the problem, you can give them the instructions or you change the way you give them the instructions with something they weren't familiar with. You're like, well, dad, you know how to do this on the, on the tractor. You know how to do these dials and change the GPS point. Well, it's similar here. This is how you do it, right? So I think it's part of it is finding that familiarity point. So we explain things in the context of how people understand it. And the other thing is computers are getting really good at understanding our speech and our dialects and how we talk. I mean, it used to be a problem in the past. Are you in English or using slang? Are you in high German or standard German? Those type of things computers have solved. They're getting really good at understanding the person. So it's just how do we put the answers or the interaction in the context that they understand? Interesting. So, I mean, why do you think that is important, right? If I need to make people understand better, like why is that important? And I can, I can think of a couple of different examples when you talked about instructions. So my son got some Ikea furniture for, as a gift, right? And there's, there's no words. The same with Legos. We used to do Legos. There, there are no word. There's no text in Ikea or 
Lego, it's just pictures. So they, they remove that constraint, you know, altogether because it's more of a, a step-by-step. Is, is that yeah, kind of what you mean? Yeah, yeah, it's a how-to. It's, it's the how-to, not the, it's actually giving you a demonstration of how things go together, one, two, three, four, versus go do this, go do this, go do that. And I think that with training in the enterprise, that's one of the problems we have. We look at training as here's 17 steps, and now you have to update these 17 steps every time something changes. And then what do you do? Do you send an email to say the 17 step process is now 19? Do you have to have a training class? And how do you make sure people remember that? It's like when our training is all step by step by step, it's really hard to remember those things. If it's something that can follow a picture, an image, that's a very different experience. Yeah. Then the, the training step by step, that's, you know, and, and with continuous delivery and DevOps and software is updated all the time. Like that stuff is never going to be current. Like, yeah. You know, Hey, we don't want to upgrade the system because everyone already knows how to use this and things are working great. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get into that. Well, we can't change because we can't retrain people at the enterprise level. It's not, we're retraining 2000 people on how to change a process that becomes a barrier to innovation and making changes. Yeah. So if people are the constraint and, you know, we do need to make it more of the same. So we remove that constraint of just knowledge transfer, like how to use the system, because ultimately I'm trying to serve a, an internal or external customer at my job. Right. So I log into a system, I do some function. It's either for, you know, another part of the organization or it's for a customer. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to produce some value. I can't be a constraint just because I can't use the technology, which is the constraint. So can you think of an example that we could walk people through that is maybe, you know, familiar with everyone that's listening here to the podcast and we'll see how we can make that more enterprise friendly, like any, anything you can think of. Yeah. I think there's, here's a good example of what you would do at home. It's like IOT has become very popular, internet of things. So the idea is I'm going to connect my light switches. I'm going to my, connect my refrigerator, all these things to the internet so I can interact with them. But if you think about the first time you did that, like I was installing a light switch and there's, you know, it says press and hold button for 20 seconds. And then just a list down the page of all these things. And then connect to its Wi-Fi. do this, do this. And I had the hardest time because the instructions were not very clear. The light switch had a, had three buttons I didn't realize behind the switch. One at the top, one at the middle, at the bottom. And so it wasn't clear which part of the switch do you press and hold. There was no good visual example. And then it took, that got me to step three. And then I had like 20 more steps to actually go through and figure out how to connect this to my Wi-Fi to connect it to the app. And those written instructions were so frustrating. And that's not what we want. And, but, you know, if yeah. you think about four or five years ago, that's how we connected all these things. You know, when you connected your fan and your heater, your refrigerator, now even your, your water heater connects to the internet, right? That has gotten to become a much better experience. And it's not, here's a sheet of paper, go download this PDF off the web because we didn't print it and follow these step-by-step instructions, which don't have good context and are hard to understand. I don't believe there was ever a manual for my smart TV. I'm trying to think about if there was, I mean, I set it up years ago, right? I've got a Roku yep. TV and you just download the app that you want and it guides you through like, Hey, I'm looking, 
looking for networks. About the only thing I had to do is actually remember what my Wi-Fi password was so I could type it in. But then yeah. once you do that, it, every app, it gives you a QR code and you just authenticate through your phone with all your existing accounts. It was, it was really, really simple. I set up, I, I did that with just at, with Carrie's Apple music over the holidays. She's like, Hey, I want to listen to, you know, Christmas music while I, uh, while I decorate. And I'm like, Oh no, just scan this QR code. And it just worked. Right. It was, yep. it was great. There was, there was no manual, right? Otherwise you got to YouTube everything. And if you yeah. YouTube it, you're basically just getting the guide from someone else that read the manual. So <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. Just make it a, make it a guide. Anyway, if we want to make these, uh, you know, we're talking about IOT devices and smart TVs, just, you know, just for context, right. Familiarity, like where is this going? So if, if this works in our consumer lives, in our homes, all the IOT devices, mm-hmm. How do we get from where we are here today with enterprise software and having it difficult to be trained upon and deliver value to what we experience at home? Where Where's it going? So if you look at the way it works now, like I put in a new video doorbell, it was like, enter your model number. And then on my phone in video, it said, you know, these are your two screws to put in the wall. This is now click this button. Tell me if it's turned blue. Then you said, yes, it's turned blue. And then it, it was actually basically this app was custom written to converse back and forth and step me through with visual indicators. And I gave it feedback so it knew if I accomplished the step or the task I was supposed to do. If we could do that at the enterprise and make it just as easy, it would be a game changer. So, but we want to do, we can do better, right? Because at the enterprise, if we think about we want to walk someone through a process and give them instructions, can we actually use AI? Can we use dynamic rules engines to actually make it much richer? So, um, like, could you actually take a picture of an item and then AI do computer vision and say, well, this is what you're, oh, this is what it is. This is the model number. I know how to set this up. Let me walk you through that. You know, and then as the rules change, as the models change and the rules change, have just one conversation and then know how to do all of it. So in the enterprise, when you, even if you do say order management, there are aspects of an order that we want customer service to understand. If we could look at the customer and, and notify customer service, by the way, this is a high value customer. We want preferential treatment and expediting orders for these people. Or we look at the order itself and say, this is actually a really large order. It's unusual how large this is, verify the numbers, there's no typo. And in that case, we need to actually expedite and let different parts of the organization know. Like, you just don't accept a huge order and not tell manufacturing and warehouse management down the road. So we want these conversations in the background to do a lot of automations and dynamic rules checking for us. That way, users don't have to understand how to do it. There should be no checklist. We want that to be part of the conversation with the software. So there's what we see, but in the enterprise, we want all the things in the back end that's validating and looking up for us, using machine learning to detect things, using, say, computer vision to help us along the way. In the enterprise, we can do a much better job than just, here's a training manual, hope you can follow it. We can actually assist the user and guide them, and, and the rules change based on the circumstances themselves. Yeah, that would be interesting to see because I can think of some instances and in, in mostly my 
examples are, you know, sales, marketing, customer support. There's always somebody that seems to know all the answers. And that's like the person that's been there the longest. If that person leaves, there's not that checkpoint. It almost serves like a, you know, they almost serve as a guide, right? Yes. And if that person leaves, they take, you know, the tribal knowledge, which is, oh, I've seen this situation before. This is what we do. So, you know, you're saying just move that to the software and help, you know, guide the users. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you know, what would it look like? So if, if I'm in a, an organization and the software is, is helping me make a decision, like you said, a big order or, or some type of thing that I don't see every day, like I can think of changing an address in a CRM system. I'd probably see that every day. Mm -hmm. or, you know, payment status, I'd see that every day. But some other situation where, you know, that you don't see every day, like you said, a big order, like how, you know, how yeah. big is big? Right. So machine learning can learn, figure that out for us, right? Machine learning can say, this is a normal order. This is a really big order. And then if a human has, say, in the past said, whenever we have this really big order, the problem is we can manufacture it but we didn't have enough space in the warehouse to actually ship it on one shipment. And it took multiple shipments. So that tribal knowledge, if we put that inside the workflow itself, so the software understands that, it can actually say, detect, this is a large order. Rules for this large order is dynamically figure out how much is in the warehouse today. Can we actually have the boxes in the warehouse and notify warehouse management proactively that we need to handle this or notify the person that this may come in multiple shipments. So the nice thing is we don't want to get into hard-coded rules. We want to actually make them intelligent. And conversing back is a conversation with someone to say, let them know, I've, I noticed this is a really large order. Is this correct? And if they say yes, then converse with them and say, I need to check on the status of manufacturing to make sure we can do this. I'm check, checking on warehouse management to make sure we actually have enough space for all these boxes, we may need to do this, ship this in two or five steps. But if the software does that in a very transparent way and lets you know what they're doing along the way, it's the same way when you're texting or messaging with a friend, they're interacting back and forth. It's not like it just goes into a black box and comes back, which is what enterprise software is. If the software messages back, I've verified we can produce this. You know, warehouse is very full, so we're gonna have to send this in multiple shipments because we don't have enough storage or, you know, the number of tenders in the warehouse per day is limited for this. So the idea is how do we get more transparent? Part of it is having the conversation or interaction with the software, tell people what the statuses are and how it's going to be handled. And that's, that's how we get it with all these IoT things at home. It tells us you're at the step seven, you've done good, look for this, look for the next thing. So it's actually guiding them along the way versus it being a black box in the background. Yeah. How long ago do you think the, uh, and, and we'll stay on the IOT devices, how long ago do you think they had to solve this problem, right? Because the scale of all the IOT devices, you couldn't have everyone call customer support and say, hey, I'm having trouble hooking up my doorbell or my thermostat or my smart TV. They would have had to solve this years ago, yet, you know, I think we're still here when we talk to enterprise technology folks, they're still trying to solve this battle. Like, how do I make the software easier to use? 
enterprises are eight to 10 years in the past. They're thinking about call the help desk. How do we optimize interacting with the help desk? But IoT devices figured out we need to actually give, you know, a better, you know, more familiar experience of interacting and talking back and forth to set people through. Because, yeah, 10 years ago when I installed a video doorbell and a thermostat, it was it was horrible. Now yeah. it's very simple. In the last five years, that experience of doing that has become so much simpler because they're they're actually guiding me through it step by step with video, with validation and checkpoints back and forth. So it's, you know, it's been around at least five years, a much better experience on those devices. We need to get that way because companies have thousands of people that need to know a new process and how to interact with. So every time we make that easier, it's literally affecting thousands of people. All right, Chris, let's sum it up. And if I'm someone in charge of, I'll call it, you know, I hate to call it digital transformation, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to take legacy yeah. systems and, and make them work for more current technology and methods. You know, if I'm in charge of this and I'm building another app or a service or a product, what do I need to do? Like, what, what do I need to think about? And then how do I make this easier, like, as I build it? And then how do I shorten that time frame? Because, you know, with the, with the business economy right now and everyone is, you know, really looking into projects and budgets and, and what they're doing with their time and their resources, like what, what's the quickest time to value and kind of where do I need to look? So we need to change the way we're thinking about it. In the today world, we think about, okay, here's a feature. Can I put this one thing out? And then I'll put all the burden on the users to figure out how to use it and integrate it in a bigger process. So in companies who are doing digital transformation today, they're stepping back and saying, okay, on the front end, am I at the train the users on this app or can I make it intuitive and easy enough? Can I make this part of an orchestrated process where it's one step along the way, are they going to have to be the glue to do that? Because little snippets of automation don't give you digital transformation. They give you exercises and training and frustration for users because we've put all this, they're the glue or the integration across there. So let's step back and say, not only is it the functionality we need, but how do we deploy it to users easily so they can understand it, they can converse with it, and we can give better feedback when they're doing something right or they need assistance. So it's adding more requirements on the front end, but what it does is it shortens the delivery on the back end because you don't have to go through training classes. You don't have to say, we can't upgrade because people won't understand this. So you're going to get higher adoption on the back end by changing how you do the front end. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about maybe how you can influence technical advancements at your company. If you would, please do so. Uh, subscribe to The Union on your favorite podcast player or YouTube. If you have a question for me or for Chris, please don't be shy. You can email me at scott at chrisosoft.com or I believe Chris, uh, are you Chris? Or I know you're Chris at uh, chris.kraus at chrisosoft.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Union. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company. Please subscribe to The Union podcast series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. 
If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at scott at Thanks for listening.